Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, as always, I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Kate Sitars. Hello, Kate. Hello, hello. Although we just learned that um, sometimes people refer to you as Kate Star Wars. Yes. Which, that's, that's a fun one. That's very You're fun. welcome to use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kate Star Wars and I have the, the intense pleasure of being joined by a fabulous copywriter, star CCA student, Sonali Oberoi. Hello, Sonali. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Kate. Hello, hello. We are so yeah. excited to to have you here. Um, we have been, you know, following your story and uh, enjoying your posts in the group and and all of that for for quite a while. So we're excited to to finally have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you, fangirling hard. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so are we in return? Yeah. Yes. Love it. I know there's no yeah. nice way for us to be like we stalk everyone in the Facebook group. Like, how do you? <laughs> It's hard in the virtual world. Yeah. Like Santa Claus. I I don't want to terrify you, but I have stalked you both within an inch of your life. So it's only fair (laughs) that you do this as well. So that's that's fine. What happens in this virtual world? We get to know people and then she's actually recording. She's recording from the room right behind me. (laughs) It's fine. I know she's there, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, well. But I could sit and banter forever and our listeners probably wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much as I would. Um, but Sonali, tell us, tell us your story. How did you, how did you get into copywriting? Um, it was your Facebook post that attacked me in the summer of 2020. <laughs> um, so a bit of background. So I am a social worker. I was a social worker. Um, I was born and raised in India and I, my education is quite random. So I have a bachelor's in geography and a master's in social work. And so as I was finishing my master's, I got a job in London. So I've lived here since 2010. 
Um, incredibly rewarding, as you can imagine, but also very, very stressful. So I think I kind of knew right off the bat that it's not what I want to do for the rest of my working life. But I genuinely had no other idea what I could do because you know, I've put a traditional Indian upbringing where it's like, this is what you study, this is what you do. Um, the whole online world at the risk of sounding like a dinosaur, which my sister says I am, like I had no idea that this world even existed, you know, where you could just do a quick course and, you know. Um, so I was a social worker for 11 years, um, did tried a couple of other things, nothing really panned out. And also there was that element of perceived security, you know, like it's a secure job. I'm really good at it. Like, so what if I don't love it? Um, but that would last about maybe five minutes. <laughs> um, I think I've always also been really, really good at writing. So I think when I was 12 or 13, I mean, I had the best English teacher ever and she picked up on it and she said, you have a real gift, you know, which, which made me feel really nice. But then it wasn't something that was really kind of picked up or encouraged kind of outside her classroom. Um, and also true to form, I kind of completely took it for granted because it comes so easily to me, you know, so I was like, it's just words, like it's just putting sentences together, like what's the big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so in social work as well, people made a very big deal of it, you know, I would write reports for the family courts in the fa- in, in London, and they would always come to my reports and it would feel really nice, but I'd be like, you know, that's it. Um, and then 2020 came around. And I think like a lot of people, I was reevaluating a lot of stuff in my life, including the fact that I can't suddenly just go to India and see my family, like that's actually terrifying. Um, and, you know, I was making for the hundredth time a list of my transferable skills. Like, what else could I possibly do that doesn't involve a lot of studying and exams? Because I hate that. Um, so writing would always come up on top of the list, but I genuinely didn't know what I could do with that. And I thought, you know, Harry Potter's already been done. I can't possibly top that. So, like, what's the point? Because <laughs> I'm always like, go big or go home. Okay, so I was like, I can't top Harry Potter. What's the point? I don't want to do this. Um, which is when, in the summer, I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was on Facebook and I saw one of your ads. Instantly, I was like, what a scam. Jewish writer, excuse me, no. <laughs> right? I was like, ew, no. I still read it, but I was like, what is this copywriting? Because I'd only ever heard of copy R I G H T, you know? So I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm, what if it's a virus? Like, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> so I was a bit freaked out. But then obviously the algorithm knew what it was doing because it kept showing up again and again. And I was intrigued, terrified, but intrigued. But I was like, nah, I'm not going to think about it. Then I had a couple of conversations with some other people just in terms of, you know, give me ideas. Like, I want to change. I don't know what to do. And then when they asked me, what are you good at? I was like, writing. And they said, have you heard of copywriting? And I was like, oh, interesting. So I think I saw your ad in the summer. And it took me until November that year to actually click on it and get your free training. (laughs) Uh, and I, I listened to the entire thing at one go. I was very excited by it, but I was still a bit like, well, it's scam. Like, I don't buy too much stuff on the internet except Amazon. What is this? So I kind of made my sister listen to it. And I was like, what is it? Do you think it's a scam? <laughs> and she was like, no, it's legit. She knows what she's talking about. So you can um, proceed. So then that's how finally in January 2021, I bought the course. Amazing. So we- need to thank your sister, eh, is what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> Please pass it along. She's like, you do know this is what I do for a job, right? I was like, no, I have no idea. Your sister's a copywriter? No, what? What? (laughs) I just feel that she works in advertising and we talk 25 times a day, okay? But I have no idea. So when I showed up seeing her, I was like, I've learned about this cool new thing, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you do know this is what I do for a living, right? I was like, no. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Oh, that's incredible. She's like, yeah, it's legit. I do it every day. That's what she was like, you're a dinosaur. How do you know about, how do you know about this stuff? Oh, that's incredible. I love I'm it. I'm curious though, just thinking about, because I think this is a lot of us. We're like, we don't know what copywriting is. So when you talked to your sister and you knew she was in marketing, was it just a, like marketing advertising? That's what she does? Or like, what was your impression of 
What so she worked for an agency and I don't want to say too much, but she wasn't having sure. a very good time there. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just thought, you know what, social work is stressful as hell, but at least it's not that stressful. So <laughs> I don't want to do that, <laughs> whatever that is. And I knew it was something to do with advertising, but that's it. Like I didn't even know yeah, what yeah, that yeah. meant in concrete terms. I just knew that I'd finish work here at about 6.30 on Sundays, call her in a different time zone where she's ahead. And I'd be like, I just finished work. And she's like, I'm still working. Shut up. <laughs> so that's why I was like, whatever it is that she does, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> well, so that's interesting. So you yeah. had that, that, uh, that, that impression of, of marketing, of advertising, of copywriting. Mm. So what made you inspired to take action in spite of that? Because she explained to me that the reason she was having a miserable time was because of where she worked, not so mm-hmm. much what she did. Yeah. So yeah. once I made that distinction, that's when I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, because I've been in some work environments which weren't very good, but that didn't necessarily mean that the work itself was what I didn't enjoy. So once she made that distinction, and like I said, I'd also talked to a couple of other people who had told me about this and, you know, the fact that, you know, you can work on your own terms and it's very interesting. And since you're already so good at writing, it won't be that difficult. So all of that is what made me think I'll do it. And, you know, for the value that you provide, Nikki, the price that I paid was ridiculous. Honestly, it's absolutely ridiculous. So another thing that I was thinking of that if, if, if this doesn't work out, it's not a life-changing sum of money that I'm investing anyway. So that was because I'm extremely risk averse to the point of being annoying. Okay. So um, that's why I was like, she's providing insane value, um, but it's not the end of the world if this doesn't work out. So I'm just going to give it a go and see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Also, um, I love the uh, terrifying, but intriguing. I think mm-hmm. we're going to have to work that into some of our ad copy. <laughs> Are you terrified, but intrigued? <laughs> <laughs> Click Check <here>. out copywriting. <laughs> I love it. Um, so as you as you dug into the program, did mm-hmm. you find that um, any, as we said, you're you're naturally a good writer, um, but, but didn't give yourself credit for it. I feel like so many of us do yeah. like, oh, well, it's just something I do. Um, did you find that any other skills that you had picked up in social work also helped as you were building your copywriting career or even learning copywriting? I think one of the biggest things I had to remind myself, because I mean, like I'm sharing a bit too much here, but I think people can probably relate, which is why I'm happy to share that I struggled with pretty serious anxiety for like many, many years. So the fact of like trying to learn something brand new was really scary. But then what I had to remind myself is that even though I was trained and qualified in social work already, but that was in India. So I had to learn everything on the job in London. So I was like, if I can do that once, I can do it again. And um, it's just a different way of thinking and applying your brain. Do you know what I mean? Like when it comes to copywriting and social work, but a lot of things still apply in terms of being really structured, following a certain kind of format in writing with the end in mind. So for me, it was always what's going to help the judge make the best decision for this child. So that was kind of the target audience, if you will. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, Again, just being really organized with your time um, because that's something I had to learn to do very quickly in social work because there's no way I would ever stay on top of it. But mainly just that discipline of being structured and not just writing whatever the hell I wanted to, but thinking of the end in mind and then moving backwards, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great insight. And, and you're completely right. I think a lot of people forget that we do persuasive communication very often on yeah. a daily basis, you know, whether whether it's at work or whether, you know, there's so many parents I know who they sit and they talk to the child going, well, okay, here's why you want to eat your vegetables. And here, you know, and, and we, we discount that or, and when it's, it's, we're persuading people in a good way on a daily basis. And as you develop those skills, you can use them in copywriting as well. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and what I found really, really incredible was just how supportive the group is. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember, I think one of the early exercises, like the brand voice exercise something, I think I spent the whole day doing it because it's like, yeah. and I posted it and people were just so kind. So even when people are giving feedback, like the fact that everyone was so kind about it, um, I love that because if I'm pretty sure if my first couple of experiences of posting in the group hadn't been as positive as they were, I would have probably just completely withdrawn and like not done it because I'd have been like, I suck at this. I can't do it. Um, But I think the fact that you guys worked so hard to keep it like a really positive and um, encouraging environment, I think that went a really long way as well. Hmm. Um, And of course, there was plenty of moments of self-doubt because I was like, am I actually going to quit social work to do this? Because it's all I've known in my entire working life. Um, but again, what kept me going is binging this podcast and <laughs> listening to people's stories and wins. Um, specifically, Stuart and Adele stick in mind, yeah. stick in my mind, just incredible. Um, so listening to other people's wins kind of made me think if they can do it, surely I can do it. You know, mm. so that, that really helped. Yeah. I love that. What a good takeaway. Yeah. If they can do it, surely you can do it. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious too, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, because that is such a big, you know, we have a lot of people making career shifts. And so I think, you know, as you were talking earlier about, well, I did it, you know, I came from India to London, I had to relearn all of this, I can do it again. But what allowed you to really take those steps? Because I can imagine that's, that's, that's a lot of like, you know, kind of like buckling up, I know I can do this, but it's going to take work. So what, what was motivating you to really be like, okay, I want this? Like, what was the end goal, the big why, if you will? That's a really good question. I think one of the biggest things was um, the freedom. So I don't want to move back to India, but just the freedom to spend a lot more time there than I already was, which on like 24 days or whatever annual leave, it just didn't feel like enough anymore. You know, after the pandemic, especially, I was like, this sucks. And um, I ended up kind of being stuck in India for three months in 2021, which turned out to be a blessing because I was like, wow, in the last 10 years, I've like not had this level of time with my parents and my sister. And so that's pretty incredible. And then secondly, just the earning potential, because I think social work, at least in the UK, is so devalued. You know, obviously you don't get into it for the money, but just in terms of even how you're treated, like by the families that you work with, by the courts, just by everybody, it's just so, so, so devalued that I never even thought that I could make the kind of money that I am making now and on my way to making. And obviously money doesn't solve things, but it gives you so many options in your life, right? So just seeing the earning potential as well. So kind of time freedom and, and financial freedom really were the two big things that kept me going. Um, also, like I said, very risk averse. So I had saved up a ton of money, okay, like a ton of money. Um, I had literally so many journal entries on like, if it doesn't work out, you can you can do independent social work. Um, if you don't want to do independent social work assessments, you can go back to a social work job. You know? So it was a lot of just constantly looking at my options and just learning to manage that anxiety. Because my therapist said, like, your anxiety just gets more sophisticated at the older you get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just learning to manage that, saying that, you know, if it all goes to shit, it's okay. Like, you will get a social work job in no time at all. I haven't had to do that yet, and I'm not going to, but that, that's that's another big thing. And like I said, having that cushion, um, because I know some people, oh, I don't know, is it Erin? Her story just blew my mind, yeah. you know, where she just... But that kind of pressure would not work for me. Like I would just be curled up in a ball, terrified, not being able to do anything. So I went about it a slightly longer way, having that huge cushion and knowing what my backup options were in case it didn't work out. So. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love yeah, that you had that cool. insight into yourself because yeah. it's true. Some people with pressure will will take action. What is it? Fight, flight, freeze. And I feel like there's even a fourth one now they've identified. Um, but so some people in under pressure will will fight their way through it. We'll just get it done. But there are many of us, and even in different scenarios, that will yeah. when that pressure starts, 
we freeze up and it's a very natural, natural reaction. Um, but good for you for having that insight into yourself to know that that would happen if you put on too much pressure and to plan for, to have plan for how to have less pressure. So good for you. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are, we know we talked a little bit about numbers, um, and if you are comfortable sharing them, we would love to hear what some of your results have been. Um, if not, no big deal. If I'm really, really honest, a lot of last year, because I had that cushion, I had the luxury of not doing the hard work that is outreach. Okay. So to anyone out there, because I know outreach can be such a big stumbling block, especially when you're just starting out. Okay. So if there's anyone listening, I promise you, I look for a shortcut. Okay. And I'm really persistent. So if there was a shortcut, I would have found it. There isn't one. Okay. There just isn't one. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you that right now. There isn't one. I would have found it and I would have shared it with all of you. So all of last year, I had the luxury of kind of not doing the hard stuff, if you will. So somebody, a friend of mine, actually through the CCA community, actually, she's amazing. She reached out to me for a content writing gig um, because she had too much work. So she was kind of passing it on to me. So that was great. It paid well. So I was like, oh, don't have to really do outreach. That's fine. I'll send five pictures. No one responds. I cry. And then I'm like, I don't want to do this. You know, so that kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, and then I also on the side did a couple of independent social work assessments as well. So even though I wasn't full-time employed, I did that just to kind of keep boosting my savings, which again, now I realize I recognize was resistance just because I was just too scared to fully take the plunge. So it's only, I think I would say kind of end of last year when my savings started going down a bit and I was like, I am sick to death of doing social work because it kind of felt like I was going back and forth, back and forth. So that's when I was kind of like, okay, I'm all into this. And then I had set a goal for myself that by June of this year, I'm going to be making $5,000, not pounds, $5,000 a month. Um, but I hit that by like April, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's pretty awesome. And that's so that's awesome. where I'm averaging now. Thank you. And now my next goal, which I'm going to hit by the end of the year is to get my, get my first 10K month. So USD, um, 10,000. So I'm on my way there. Yeah. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, do you have, so we talked a little bit about um, you realizing you needed to go all in on copywriting and realize that you actually knew that, that Kate and I are not hiding some, some secret I tactic we that, yeah, believe us. Um, no, no, just we use. Yes. <laughs> that it is the outreach. It was, is there anything else that, that you can share that, that has helped you turn that corner and maybe even to helped you to decide to go all in and, and see that? Cause that's, that is a tremendous tremendous win good for you to go from to go from brand new in this career to to hitting your $5000 a month goal months early and then to know that you are going to hit $10000 months before the end of this year and for for um for context so everybody knows we're recording this on September 1st so she knows that she's going to hit $10000 months within the next couple of months that's amazing thank you um Sorry, what was the question again? I just yeah, I know. I really, I, just, <laughs> I talked around a lot of things, um, but but what else? You know, we talked about um, um, uh, going all in and being willing to do the pitching. Is there anything else you can identify that that's kind of helped you hmm. um, make that that leap okay. in your income? Yeah, um, leap in the income. I think it was a it was a case of literally taking it one step at a time, which is just so boring to hear, you know, because everybody, at least for me, I was like, I want to go to 10K right away, you know, right away. I could yeah. 
anything less than that just doesn't even count, you know? But I would literally say just take your time to hone your craft because you are new, okay? So to expect to go from that to maybe 10K in three months is ridiculous. Maybe some people can do it, you know? But realistically speaking, take the time, land your first clients, accept the fact that outreach can feel painful, but it's not forever. That level of intensity is not forever, okay? Um, It purely is a numbers game. Do not take it personally, okay? And even with outreach, what I would say is that Pick one or two methods because there's lots of methods out there, right? So I would say pick one or two methods that feel the least yucky to you. (laughs) That's how I felt for me because then you're more likely to do it more consistently and learn to perfect that as well. Like if you're using cold emails, learn to write the best freaking cold emails there are out there. Post it in the group. I even had a one-on-one coaching session with Stuart because I wanted my pitches to be the best pitches possible out there. You know, you're, you're literally just one outreach away from someone saying yes, literally. And I've learned that, you know, so just, just one. So just don't stop doing that. Mm-hmm. What kept me going was remembering again why I wanted to do freelancing because earlier this year I had a pretty bad spell of like anxiety in terms of mental health. And I thought, you know, I have enough experience now to get a job as a copywriter. And that in a lot of ways would give me that security, if you will, of like month to month, you know, knowing my income is coming in and everything. But I again kind of looked at my big why and I'm like, I don't want to do that because I was like, for me personally, not saying it's going to be the same for everybody, but for me personally, it would feel like a setback, a step back that I took retreating back into my comfort zone a little bit rather than just going all out there because by then I knew I was really good at it you know I had clients who love what I did I was getting the metrics from stuff that I've written for them so just really remind yourself that you know you know what you're doing and then build on that which then helps you get the confidence to increase your prices mm-hmm. as well you know learn the entire sales funnel like you know you obviously start with doing one-off um, projects here and there but really think about how can I bring more value to this client And then, so as my understanding grew and I was investing more in my learning, all of this stuff kind of starts to snowball and, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Perfectly. Perfectly. I want everybody to pause, go back 30 seconds or go back a minute and listen to everything you just said again. I think that was so insightful. And like you said, it's, oh, well, you know, take it step by step. And it, it, it sounds simple. And I guess in a way it is, but it's not easy to actually do the steps and to not try to motor through and to not give yourself high expectations and then beat yourself up if you don't meet those high expectations, which I'm a queen of doing, believe me. Um, But you offered so much insight in in the last one, two minutes. Thank you. I mean, throughout the whole podcast, of course, (laughs) but um, no, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I think someone that um, I admire quite a lot, what she says is that you have to become okay with doing the boring stuff. You know, it's so enticing, isn't it? Like to be like, I just, I just want to buy a new course. I just want to do this. I mean, I've done all of those things as well. But at the end of the day, what moves the needle is just knuckling down and doing that outreach, mm-hmm. getting the basics of your outreach, right? Because if you're writing pictures, sorry, but no one's going to respond to them. Like literally no one's going to respond to them. And so there's no point in feeling bad because if you just think about how crammed your own inbox is and, you know, you show up with the email like why should anyone respond right so um yeah just just become okay with being boring yeah doing those steps every single day and before you know it it's going to snowball like yeah mm-hmm. and you get to ten thousand dollar months yeah. just like that that's yeah. that's where the magic is that's that's the easy button and the the funny thing is is that yes there there are steps to get there but once once you are once you are past the getting started with pitching and the the refining your pitching. Once you pass that, you kind of look back and you go, oh, yeah, it, it, it felt challenging at the time, 
but it's actually, it's not that difficult. The most challenging thing about for, for all of us, right. Doing something new. The most challenging thing is, is the discomfort. And is the the self doubt? It's not the sending emails that's difficult. It's yeah. not the refining emails that's difficult. It's not the researching yeah. companies or even the writing copy. Yeah. It's it's the it's the doing the uncomfortable things. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? I remember the first time I listened to module zero of the CCA, and you talk about mindset. I was like, mindset. What is that? Like, just be positive all the time, whatever, Nikki. But oh my god, <laughs> mindset is literally ninety percent of it. Okay, <laughs> like literally ninety percent of it. And so, like, I mean, I actually wrote out every single thing that you said in a bright green pen, and the number of times I've gone back and read that again and again, and you know, just working on mindset that 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 is like huge. So I think. You can be your own worst enemy or literally your own superpower. And like you just get to pick every day what you want to be. And um, yeah. You say things exactly. and I'm like, oh, our social media team is gonna is gonna have mm-hmm. such fun with this episode. There's so <laughs> many great quotes to pull. <laughs> like you Megan's job is is done. Thank you. For I that. only imagined having this conversation with you guys 50,000 times. So you know <laughs> you're nailing it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> great work. Great work. <laughs> The power of vis- visualization, visualizing right. yourself yes. being successful. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I I'm I'm with you on the mindset. I and I laugh about it now because absolutely as I was starting this business, people would say, Oh, mindset's so important. And I would go, Okay, you you guys spend your time on your mindset. Give me the tactics yeah. and I'm gonna be successful. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, now looking back, I'm like, oh no, mindset is yeah. 90% of it. You, you, can't, you can't be successful if you don't get your mind Absolutely. in the right place. Yeah. And so many other things as well, just kind of working on my money mindset stuff that I'd never even thought of, you know, but there was a huge element in me earlier this year. Like, again, like I said, just thinking about how undervalued social work is, right? Not just monetarily, but now the, like, who am I to be charging this much for a website? So really digging down into that as well and kind of unpicking some of the unhealthy stuff that you pick up. Um, yeah, so mindset is huge. Like, honestly, it's just 90% of all of the business stuff that you see. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they say that that starting a business is one of the one of the the biggest things to grow yourself as a human. And and it's really true because you you come up against like all of these and all almost all of the limitations are self-imposed limitations, yeah. you know, and and the funny thing too is that everybody goes through them. Everybody goes through the who am I to charge this much? Who am I to do this work? Can I really be successful? It worked for them, but will it work for me? Um, what if it all goes away? All of that stuff. We all go through the same things, but but the the successful among us are the ones who go, Ooh, okay, I feel that. I'm going to work through it. How do yeah. I get to the other side of those of those feelings? Exactly, and it just came back to what I wanted to say that. Yeah. Okay. Once someone is consistent with outreach and stuff starts snowballing and you're so busy, do not ever make the mistake of stopping outreach. Just don't do it. I don't care how busy you are, even if it means doing one outreach a day, do not stop because I've made that mistake and I'm never going to make it again. So yeah, I just don't care how busy you are. Keep at it. Like just because it keeps your head in the game. It makes sure that your work doesn't dry up. I mean, unless you're working purely on a retainer model, but even then I think it's important to have, you know, your finger out in outreach just because things can change, right? So if you've got a couple of healthy retainers, maybe, but even then I would never recommend stopping completely. Um, 
And also starting it up from scratch is so painful. Whereas if you're still doing it and you need to increase the intensity, that's so much easier. So take mm-hmm. it for free. Don't do it. It's horrific. So please, yeah. Yes, please take it from her. Yeah. Please, please take it from her. Yeah. So I'm much curious. better than learning the hard way. Yes. Yeah. I've done it for you. I've cried a lot. Don't, don't do it. Just, just, just don't do it. Yeah. I'm curious too, if you don't mind sharing the types of projects that you're working on, what have you, what have you loved working on? What have you, what type, you know, the industry, the types of clients, the types of projects, all of it. So, I mean, I've kind of narrowed my focus into websites, emails, and sales pages, just because they sounded the most fun. Um, But like I said, I'm now moving into more of a retainer-based thing. So it's more about knowing the whole sales funnel, if you will. So providing that kind of ongoing support to clients is where I'm kind of focusing on now. But I love writing emails. Honestly, I love them. And which is so funny because almost exactly a year ago, the first emails I was writing, I was so scared to do them, just like anything new. But now I absolutely love them. So give me email sequences any day of the week and I will happily do them for you. Websites are interesting, but I find them a little bit too long-winded, if that makes sense. And so especially if it's an industry that I don't find really interesting. Uh, I I mean, I have pretty severe ADHD as well. So I'm like, this is so boring. I don't want to do this. Um, so let me see, I worked with a lot of solopreneurs, so a lot of um, coaches, sort of mm-hmm. life coaches, embodiment coaches, so the whole realm business coaches, if you will. <clears throat> I'm also working with a couple of management consultancies, if you will, so um, doing different elements for them. Then I worked for a DMP um, debt management program software company mm-hmm. as well. So really just the whole remit, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I find writing for coaches really fun, but now I've kind of done that for a while. So I'm like, now what can I do next? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I switch fun. things out of it. Yeah. 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 Isn't it interesting the the different kinds of clients that you end up working and the, the, the information that you pick yeah. up, like the, the all kinds of things that you dig into that, oh, I would never, I would never like the debt management program. I would yeah. never think that I would know to this level of expertise, this information. And then like, it hey, so wood chips example. Yes. I, I that, like the wood chips. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, now <laughs> I'm really fascinated by this. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like with the exception of one, I've been really lucky that I've had some amazing clients, amazing clients. And even with the exception that I was thinking of, this is when I was still very, very new. So I didn't really have a process in place. I didn't really have the confidence to really kind of channel her verbal diarrhea, if you will. So now when I look back, I'm like, there's so many things I could have done differently there. But I think, you know, you don't have to know everything there is about copywriting and marketing. You just need to know more than them. And have the willingness and ability to learn, you know, because um, I thought I had to finish the entire CCA course before I started even pitching. I had a coaching call with Adele. She said, don't even think about it. Like, stop. (laughs) You can't. It's like physically impossible. Yeah. She was like, nobody cares about your ABC banner, toy ad, whatever. She's like, just get out there and stop pitching. Okay. I was like, okay. (laughs) So what I would say is if you do modules zero to four, you've got the basics right. And then as you start landing work, just make your business to learn and deliver the best product you possibly can, because otherwise you're going to be stuck trying to finish the course forever. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. And that's a form of resistance in itself, right? Yeah. It's it is a, a massive course and we wanted it to be that way so that people have all the resources yeah. they need. But yeah, I at no point do we intend for everybody to what do we at 22 bonuses, something I, it, well, like coaching that. calls that go back and every month calls. since 2014. So yes, exactly. I don't know, almost exactly. 10 years times 12 yeah. months. It's like 120 coaching calls. Yeah. 
else. There's no way. Yeah. But yeah. no, that's the exact right way to do it is to, yeah. to learn, to take action. And then if you, if someone says, Hey, can you write a video? You say, absolutely. I can. And then you dig back into the course, you watch the training on it and exactly. then you do the work. Yeah. Exactly. I think Stuart yeah. said that same thing. He was like, I'm never going to write for print. And then he had a client that wanted a print piece and it was like, yeah. oh, okay, let me get time to go do the print module. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm glad that they'll call me out on it because I'd still be working through the modules right now and like trying to so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that okay. a lot of people, I'm glad you said that though, because I think it's, it's such a, a confidence thing when you're in the course and just like, I, I don't feel good enough. I've got to keep learning, got to keep learning. And to Nikki's point, then it becomes resistance, but sometimes we don't even realize it because that confidence isn't there yeah. to say, oh, I'm actually good enough. And I know enough to go yeah. pitch. And so I think yeah. just having someone in, that's why I think to your point, the group is so great because people can be like, this is great. Go send your pitch. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fine line, isn't it, between wanting mm-hmm. everything to be perfect and being like, this is good enough. Let me just go and do it. I mean, like I said, like I'm doing a, my first ever project for a new client. And I'm like, she's going to hate it. Of course she's going to hate it. Of course she's going to hate it. <laughs> but I'm like, no, she's not. Stop it. Just try it. Like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. going to love it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But it's true. It's the new client nerves, though. Yeah. It's that like, I want to deliver great work. Yeah. yeah. I'm just desperate need to people, please. And for people to yeah. like me, which I'm like, stop it. Just stop it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, to be human. Yeah. Um, so if if someone is listening and they are maybe either brand new to copyright or maybe they're even just haven't even dug into it yet, but they're they're kind of interested in me. They're in the they're in the um terrifying but intriguing phase, <laughs> terrified but intrigued phase. Um, what what advice would you give them? I think first things first, you have to have at least an affinity to writing. Okay, because like for me, becoming an accountant would be torture because I just don't like numbers. Okay, so if so, it's, and it's not to say that you already need to know everything. No, just you just have an affinity for it, and then you get to learn. Okay, so if you know for a fact that writing is painful for you, then don't do it. Okay, <laughs> just don't do it. Um, but if you think about because again, like think about why you want to do it. That's the biggest thing. You have to keep coming back to why do you want to do it? There's so many routes, whether you want to work in-house agency, freelance, really think those things through um, and just give it a go. Give it a go. Because again, I'll say like, I mean, I don't want to minimize it because obviously it's not, you, you know, money means different things to different people. But like for me, the biggest thing was that for the amount of value that you were providing, the cost to me genuinely was ridiculous. And for me, it wasn't a life-changing sum of money. So if you can afford to invest that, just give it a go. Like what's the worst that could happen, right? Like worst case scenario, you decide it isn't for you and no big deal. But best case scenario, you end up having a career and a life you absolutely love. So I would just say, yeah, affinity writing and just just try it. I love that. I love that. Um, and so now if somebody's listening and they think, oh my gosh, Sonali's amazing. I, I want to, I want, maybe I want to hire her to write copy for me. Um, where can people find you? What's the best way? Um, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best because I haven't updated my portfolio site in like 10 years, it feels like. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> we'll give you a deadline. Don't worry for when this comes out. <laughs> Um, and then there is my portfolio site, which is basically S-O-N-A-L-I-O-B-E-R-O-I.com. So you can find me there. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll put that link in the show notes for anybody who's listening and trying to scribble it, scribble it down. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sonali, this has been fantastic. I'm so, we are so delighted to, to finally meet you in person, so yeah. to speak. Um, and thank you so much for, for being on, being a guest and, and sharing your story. 
Oh, thank you both for literally changing my life. I mean, that was a very well kind Facebook ads. <laughs> you know, thank you for that. And again, just just creating this community that is just so 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 supportive. Because, like I said, that's what kept me going throughout twenty twenty one. Where I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. And mm-hmm. so, thank you. It's it invaluable. Is. Yeah. Yeah, it is an amazing community. So thank, well, you, thank you for all of our CCA yeah. students and thank you for being a part of it. Sonali, you you are an, an active and, and a fantastic part of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been amazing. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And so with that, uh, we will catch you all in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.